0: Hey, friends. Welcome to the ADHD Boss Podcast. I'm Ellen Argo, and my mission is to help you make more money with self-trust and more fun this year in your business with your ADHD brain. If you are looking for ways to empower your brain, scale your business, and have more fun, please subscribe to this podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome to the ADHD Boss Podcast, and I am so excited that it's finally summer. It almost, I mean, it took to be July for it to finally warm up. Last week I was in a sweater, so I'm really excited. But anyways, today I wanted to talk about the opposite of love is judgment. My employee just told me this while we were painting our new Eagle office yesterday, And she was asking me thoughts about self-love because it's something that I have a huge passion in, you might have noticed, and understanding our choice in self-love. But there's so many of us that don't even think that self-love is an option. So I help other people, especially women, create trust for themselves. And when she said the opposite of love is judgment... And that to create love, you have to forgive yourself. It blew my mind a little bit. Of course, she is right because she is brilliant. But other than that, it had me thinking. The only reason we are mad at our minds for forgetting things is because we have not forgiven it. The only reason we think we are a terrible person all the time is because we haven't forgiven it for those few times as a kid that our friend told us we weren't paying attention to them and they called us names because they were insecure and misunderstood us. Or whatever your story is, that just happens to be one of mine. The more I coach, the more I realize we all have a few, but quite the short list of truly people who have affected and gotten negative, we have gotten negative feedback from. But we hold it in our vault and believe that it is true about us. But what if you forgave yourself? I had a lady recently respond to our self-love marketing campaign. She replied back, I would feel lost if I believed these things about me, if I created this new life for myself. She would feel lost without the self-hatred. I want to say get lost, my friend, in like the most beautiful way. I want you to get lost from the spiral to get lost from the insanity of the sameness when it is the miserable experience of terrible thoughts. What would being lost in a place of new discovery feel like? Yes, it sounds scary at first, but nothing is more scary than hating yourself and your brain forever. So let me ask you again, what would your life look like in three years even? If you practiced for just two minutes Every single day, with breathing and actively forgiving yourself for the things you hold sadness or negative thoughts about you as a person. Just two minutes every single day. Maybe you're laying in your comfortable bed, with your head on your comfortable pillow, in your very comfortable sheets. Maybe you sit up because you know you'll fall asleep too easily Maybe you just do it as you stand next to your coffee machine waiting for your daily cup of joe. Maybe you pause at every red light and build a habit of forgiving yourself. Or maybe you do all of the above. What do you think you could become in one year, three years, five years if you just forgave yourself for the things you've been holding against you, believing about you? Who would you be if you didn't do it? What would you become if you kept hating yourself all of the time or even just as often as you are right now? Many of us practice self-hatred so often and even more often than we realize. Before I started coaching and being coached, I had no idea the amount of crappy thoughts that I was thinking about myself. I was just having the outcomes of, Having no control over how much food I was craving, emotional swings. I wasn't able to build my business the way I wanted to because I was exhausted all of the time. This is more an indicator of the thoughts that I'm thinking than anything that is true about my body. I was practicing self hatred yesterday because I had realized I disliked the color that our Eagle office was painted originally. And I really disliked it. I had a thought that I was a bad person because I couldn't accept the color of the walls. How goofy is that? Like, I didn't even realize when it was in my head and it was a practice thought that I had, you know, we don't really check our thoughts that often, even as a person that's been coaching and being coached for years. I didn't even realize how goofy that thought was until my friend and my employee recognized like. There's no reason to practice self-hatred and shame around a belief about a preference of a color on a wall, right? So that same employee that was mentioning that judgment is the opposite of love is the one that pointed this out to me. And she meant, mentioned we are here on this planet to have preferences. So even if I didn't use the word, I dislike this color. It just looked really cheap and made the whole space look dirtier somehow, which was so strange. She said that if you wanted to use the words, I prefer this, that allowed me to feel in alignment with my value. I also wanna say, in a side note, the reason that you get employees that stand up for you and help you find self belief that believe in you is because you're doing the work. If I wasn't doing the work, on this self journey, I would have never met this woman that is changing my practice for the better. If I wasn't passionate about loving my brain, I know I would not have met her. So even if it's the people that you're going to meet along the journey of loving yourself that will help you learn even more how to love yourself, it is so worth it. I have a value that I think a ton of ADHD people also have and it is to be inclusive. And this inclusive, I'm kind of talking back about having shame about just a color on a wall. I want to include everyone in on all the conversations. I don't want anyone to be left out. I want to see the value in everything. And I really think that a lot of that comes from feeling alienated as a kid. Feeling like the person that was made fun of because I was making weird noises in the back corner being the person left out because I was the one distracted, being the person left out of sports because I was so such a like a floppy puppy growing all the time, right? So because of those negative experiences and thoughts that I had about myself and my brain is why I now want to make sure that other people are included and not left out. Another really beautiful thing for us to remember and realize about ourselves and our stories, even the ones that we use to make believe that we are terrible people or whatever we're holding on to. These things that we need to look in, hug ourselves for, and forgive ourselves for. But I want to see value in everything, right? So even to this inanimate object of a paint color, I found judgment for my brain and my preferences. Because I was casting a negative thought about a paint color. This is just an example of the small, itty-bitty things that we can use to distrust ourselves. And without people around me to help me realize that I am chasing that, and that I am truly not a bad person because I prefer one paint color over another, that I'm going to be paying rent for this space... And that I really want to be visually appealing for my clients to create this energy in this space that feels like a spa environment where you can come in and feel relaxed. You're not in an uneasy space that doesn't feel clean and fresh. There are many chances where those sneaky thoughts of judgment can walk into my brain. And just as many chances where I can catch those sneaky thoughts And sometimes I just won't when they are in super stealth mode. (laughs) That's why I will still practice self-forgiveness every single day for just two minutes. This understanding of pain, of not trusting my brain, has given me the opportunity to support my brain. What do you need to do to forgive yourself? What do you need to forgive yourself for? I have to forgive myself for being a bad friend that forgets things that other people say to me. That used to tell them I would, I would tell them that I would do something and then I would forget to do that thing. When I forgive myself for being a bad friend for forgetting what they said to me, this really is something that I will have to remind myself of op- often because I know that this is something that comes up for me a lot. I have a very strong muscle. In believing that I am a bad friend that will forget the things that are important to them. In the contrary, I also have to work and build the muscle and know that it will take some time for me to remember the forgiveness that I have for this thought. I know that in my past that I have forgotten people's birthdays, that I've forgotten their kids' names. I forget a lot of details. The only reason that I care about this so deeply is because I do want to remember this and I know this now. But I wanted to share this with you because most opportunities are disguised as problems. That means you have a new opportunity to not only build a process for you to remember the things that you really want to remember. Maybe if you have your phone on you in your contacts, you can make sure you update their birthday and their add their kids' names, their birthdays, important dates that you want to remember. Like their wedding anniversary. Maybe you put them in your calendar reoccurring so that when you get a chance, these are all the things I have started to do. I put add such and such into calendar or I click on the buttons to activate Siri on my iPhone and I say add so-and-so's birthday on this date reoccurring every year. And guess what? magic even if I'm busy driving and it pops up in my brain and I do that it adds it to my calendar with their birthday reoccurring every single year so that even though I forgot it this year this person that I love dearly I forgot their birthday I now created an opportunity for me to remember their birthday next time and an opportunity for me to call them up now and to connect with them or to schedule a time to connect with them. And now I no longer need to use this as anything to believe about me. And now I have this new opportunity for a place where I can release the judgment for my brain. I get to lift that weight, understanding that I am not a bad person because I am not a robot. This is a strategy that I love to use over and over and over, using what I know I will always have with me and that I already have a habit of checking, which is always my phone. (laughs) If it's an app that I have on one device that shares to all of my devices, that's another thing that I will use often as well. If I can have access to it, that's always very, very helpful. I used to have a million notebooks. And I want to share this because it's something that a lot of my clients have talked about. A lot of us are very tactile. And when we write something, we've learned through school, I think that rewriting notes and writing them really gives us that tactile visual reminder. So it's great for us. And then it's right in front of our face. I want to share with you that I haven't had a single client that that works for. If it does for you, I am so happy for you. So I don't want you to hold that to yourself if you know that that's not true for you. But if you're anything like me and anything like my clients, we have a million notebooks and we can never find the right one when we need it. And we never have it with us when we want to remember. So um, like I said, take it or leave it. Um, but that's something that I have found to be really helpful is using tools that I know I will have with me so that I'm not now building shame and anger from my brain because I forgot my planner or I forgot this because it's just not something that is actually readily available, right? And just having a system reminding us to check it maybe every once in a while. But anyways, so I check my phone. So I use that to support my brain in the thing that I don't even care if it does Because honestly, my brain remembers so much already. The only time that this thought my brain remembers so much already was available to me was after months of practicing that I'm not a terrible person and that unwiring thoughts about my brain and not being very smart, right? So when we can come to these uh, awarenesses and forgive ourselves, new deeper thoughts are going to start rising to the surface. So know that there isn't necessarily an end. And that's not a bad thing. Know that new thoughts are going to start rising to the surface as you clear out old ones. And it doesn't mean you're failing. It means you're moving forward. In this, I remember that I'd also forgiven my brain for struggling in school. For so long, I had this identity this thought that I kept believing about myself. I had just heard another coach that I wish I could remember his name. Unfortunately, I can't. And he said that a belief is a thought you keep thinking and an identity is a belief that you keep applying to yourself. Or it was something along those lines. I was driving and didn't have the ability to write it down and was completely taken aback by how great that was. It also helps us recognize that the identities that we believe that we are, are just an accrued thoughts over and over and over and over. So we can change our identity. We don't have to identify with these negative thoughts that we've kept thinking about ourselves. They don't have to be true. We just have to build The different muscles. I'm curious how many of us struggled in school or struggled in college or just struggled learning at some point. I had this identity until just a year ago when I started adopting the mantra. I am a sponge. I honestly believed the lie that school had taught me that I was slow, that I'm not very smart. I was so mad at my brain that I just wanted to be smart like everyone else. I would cry at night often. Until like I would probably cry a lot believing other people thought I was dumb until about six months ago because I thought others thought that I was dumb and maybe they did because I believed it to my core. Or maybe I just thought they were mirroring the thoughts I was already thinking about myself, which is definitely something all of us humans do. What I mean by this is when I'm thinking a thought about myself, I'm going to automatically think that other people are thinking about me as well, which just justifies us and makes us believe that it really is true. And then we create that belief and then we create the identity, right? But when we can recognize that we are mirroring, the only reason we believe that other people are thinking about us is because we have the receptors because of the belief within ourselves that we are already that, which goes back to, One of my favorite thoughts ever is the blue hair scenario. If somebody else, even if somebody said that I hate your blue hair and I knew I didn't have blue hair, I don't have the receptors for that thought that they're thinking or the words that they're saying, right? I am going to be like, okay, you're weird. Uh, I don't have blue hair, right? That doesn't mean anything about me. But if I, even if I didn't have blue hair, but I had believed and identified with that blue hair because I had been practicing my blue hair thoughts since I was six years old and someone was like, gosh, your blue hair, it frustrates me. It aggravates me. It makes me feel rejected. Like if they just went off about your blue hair and you believed that you had that blue hair, it's going to impact you in an incredibly different way, right? So that is mirroring. We are going to see, even if nobody believes it, even if nobody says anything, it's gonna be much easier for us to believe that other people are thinking that about us when we have the receptors. Which is also why anytime I think that someone else is thinking something about me, even if they haven't said anything, once I have realized that I think they are thinking something about me, I ask myself if I think that about myself. I've learned that others are a great mirror of what I'm actually thinking about myself. It doesn't mean that it's true to what we might want to focus our self-forgiveness on for a little bit or for a long while. What are the things about you that you feel shame for? Write them down. What do you have self-hatred for? What is it for? Is it moments in time, multiple moments? I want you to write them all down. If you are driving, I want you to come back to this episode later. We are at 18 minutes and 54 seconds. So if you go back to the 19 minute mark, this will be very helpful when you come back to it later and do this exercise. If you are able to pause it, pause this now. And I want you to write down everything that comes to mind. Write these questions at the top of your page. What do I hate about myself? What do I wish was different? What are some moments I wish would be different? Something I feel others haven't forgiven me for. What do I feel shame for? I want you to start with the first sentence and just dump every single thought that comes to mind. I don't want you to edit any of this. I just want you to write everything down, even if it has bad words in it, even if it brings up shame as you're writing it. I want you to write it all down. This is just for you. This is for your future self, for you to see your thoughts about you, your thoughts about your brain. Just that will be such an incredible healing process if you allow it. Know that it might make you cry and that this is beautiful. Crying on this path gives water for the roots to grow. Let the old illusion of tears being weakness go. That will only stop you from the way that your body needs to process and heal. If you don't have tears, that's just the way your body's going to process. And that's fine too. Maybe they'll come later. Maybe they won't come at all. But whatever your body needs to do, please let it happen. It's normal to have a little grief cycle when you encounter your thoughts about you for the first time. Outside of your head. And maybe you don't. If you've been practicing self-forgiveness for even the shortest period of time... You might look at this piece of paper and immediately see your inner child, see your little six-year-old self. You might give them a hug and see that they aren't a terrible person. Maybe you see yourself now and you give them a big hug. Have compassion for that for yourself, even as a grown-up. And you see that these things we have been holding against ourselves for so long really aren't that big. Or maybe they feel huge right now. And that's okay. Hold space. Write it down. But it really truly can happen that fast. We can heal. We can have immediately compassion for ourselves when we write it down. And we see the worst. The words outside of our brain. So please don't just listen to this podcast. Please do this work do this work for you and your future self and everything that you can be, everything that you can create, and all the people that will be impacted by you and this lesson. It could be the catapult you need to have an entirely different life. A life of belief in myself has created a thriving business with people that believe in me as well. And simply, it's created an inner world that isn't as awful. The inner workings of my mind were complete hell. And now they are mostly blue skies with some clouds to be expected though, because, you know, I'm not a robot. But that's because I promised myself to examine my thoughts about me. And I haven't even been practicing this forgiveness because I just realized yesterday that I'm going to do more than just gratitude daily. I'm going to do a two-minute self-forgiveness in the morning. I am so excited to go down this journey with you guys and see the incredible transformation that can happen when we, those passionate people that have enough enthusiasm to change the world, stop believing these crazy lies that we've been believing, these identities that we've been applying to ourselves. When we stop handcuffing ourselves to these old past stories that might not even be true at all believing words that an insecure 16-year-old friend told us that actually had nothing to do with who we were and who how we showed up at all and had everything to do with their personal family situation. And even though we knew that, we still used it as proof that we were a ter- terrible friend. These are all the things that I'm talking about. We all have them. So know that you are not alone and know that it's not something we have to keep believing about ourselves. It is no longer an identity that we have to keep applying. We can change these thoughts. We need to first find awareness of them. More will show up all the time. Just an opportunity for you to find a way to support yourself in that and to practice forgiveness around it. And then know that you have never lifted this weight before. You aren't going to be able to lift a Forgiveness car tomorrow, you aren't going to win the strongest forgiveness muscle championship. You will have to build it over time. And then when you look back in a year or two years, you will hardly recognize yourself. Trust me, when I go back to my journal entries and my coaching sessions that I had years ago, What I was being coached on is so different. It's absolutely incredible. And to pour this layer of forgiveness upon all that work that I've been doing, oh my gosh, friends, so delicious. Can you even imagine what you could be in 10 years? let's go get on my friends. Let's go change our inner world and that will change our outer worlds. Love you guys. Have a great day. Bye. If you love this podcast, we would love your review or a share with a friend. If you're ready to jump in, create change and trust your brain this year, let's jump on a complimentary coaching call. You can go to adhdboss.fun or you can go to ellen.argo on Instagram. There is a link in my bio to book your complimentary one-on-one coaching session. I can't wait to meet you soon. Bye, friends.